Porch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so glad that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode number nine. This week, sitting on the front porch, it's getting colder here in Southern California. I think most of the mornings this morning were around 49 degrees. So most mornings I find myself out on the front porch with a hoodie on, with sweatpants wrapped into a blanket. And sometimes uh, we have a little dog. He's a mutt. We got him on Craigslist, I think for like a hundred bucks. Normally he joins me out there. And uh, I was noticing uh, the hummingbirds and they're coming out. They literally come out at 6.30 a.m. almost every uh, single morning. So that was something this week that I was just, I just watched them. I just sat back and watched them. And so I've told you this before, but like if you just slow down for a minute and, and, and take a second, you see all kinds of really cool stuff. And so maybe that's you today. Maybe it's nighttime, afternoon, morning, whatever. Just take a minute. Just slow down today and start to see something, observe something that maybe you've not ever noticed before. Just sit down and watch that thing. One time I did a snail. I just watched a snail. I know it's weird. It's crazy stuff. My wife's like, oh man, 40 is not looking good on you. (laughs) You are losing your minds, but it's helped me slow down. It's one of those places on the front porch where I kind of refocus and get myself ready to go for the, the day, which is pretty busy. Lots of different meetings, lots of different things going on. But in the morning, just need to take a breath, need to breathe, need to pray, need to learn, need to grow. And a lot of these passages that we're going through here, um, I had this week just sitting in it, listening, trying to go, man, what does this mean? Um, And as I was thinking about our passage today, I I remembered um, when my mom had had left our family. Uh, this passage brought a lot of that up uh, this week. And I started kind of working through the feelings of abandonment. So feeling for me is a brand new thing. Maybe you're like a really good feeler. Maybe like every time you watch a movie, you like cry and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, you you see things and, and you feel all the feelings, you know. I That's not something I've I've really dealt with uh, for most of my life. And that's a part of the reason why I've been in counseling for the last couple of years, just trying to figure out how to feel. And I know that sounds really bizarre, um, but that's kind of been a part of my story is learning how to feel again. And so as I was thinking on this passage and reflecting on this passage, uh, I was thinking about my mom and I was thinking about my mom leaving and how hard that was. Um, as a kid, I was talking in the introduction podcast, if you wanted to get to know a little bit more about the story or even my story, you can go to the, back to that introduction podcast. But that, you know, my mom left, I think when I was like 12, I think so, 12 or 13, pretty formative years. And she left and I remember um, coming home from school and realizing that all of her stuff was gone. I mean, she had cleared out closets, the bedroom. She had come while we were at school and she and she took it all and she left and she moved to North Carolina. And I think as I've been reflecting on that, which is not like a real good feel good. Let's think about that. I was trying to go, what what was I really feeling there? What you know, and I don't know, I'm a kid, but I'm trying to feel what I would have felt maybe. And the the number one thing I think I felt was I think I felt abandoned. I think I just felt abandoned. Abandoned that, you know, somebody who had been so consistent in my life, 
uh, somebody who used to meet me on the corner and give me chocolate chip cookies, the one that tucked me and kissed me on, you know, on my cheek, who one, you know, my mom is an encourager. She still is a great encourager. And that encouragement had left. And my mom was somebody who built me up and she, you know, took care of me and cared for me. And all of that had left, gone, moved to North Carolina. And so I was starting to like, I think I need to feel those feelings. What was that feeling like? And I started feeling sadness. I, 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 you know, my, my mom and I've been reconciled and, and I love her. She's such an amazing person. She loves Jesus so much and, and she's taught me so much, but I started to really allow myself to kind of feel those feelings and those feelings of abandonment and those feelings of being scared. And I don't know where you're at right now or what you're working through. Um, that's one of the weird things about this is I don't know who's listening to it. Sometimes I wish I could. I want to sit down and go, hey, look, I, I know what that feels like. I know how painful that is. I know how hard that must be. You know, maybe I don't know all the different situations, but man, those feelings of abandonment, now that I'm feeling them, I'm like, wow, those are really overwhelming feelings. And so as I was working through this passage, Hebrews 13, 8, it just brought up a lot of that. It, 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 it's interesting how you're, I'll start thinking like, okay, what story would I attach to this passage that could be helpful for me? And this, that, that story of my mom leaving was the first story that came to mind. So the passage is Hebrews 13, verse 8, and it says this, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. He is, and here's a big word, and I'm just going to tell you, I, these words, sometimes they make me feel smart until I realize I heard them back in Bible college and I don't remember what they mean. And so this was one of those words that I know this word. And I was like, I think this is what it's trying to communicate, but I couldn't remember what it actually meant, but it's preeminence preeminence that Jesus Christ is the is preeminent which means he is above everything else and the whole book of hebrews is trying to help us understand this about Jesus he is god he is preeminent and so as we think about this passage we have to think about it with this lens the lens in which the writer of hebrews is trying to encourage and help the people who are struggling with this struggling with this struggling with this idea in the midst of their suffering in the midst of their hurt in the midst of their abandonment he's trying to go no no hold on jesus christ is preeminent he is above everything. He is in control. And yes, I can't imagine that feeling of abandonment you must have, Jeff. I'm speaking to myself now, but Jesus is preeminent. Don't forget that. Take comfort in that. He is preeminent. And so I was thinking about this word. It popped into my head when I read this passage, as well as the story of my mom. And I thought, why am I working through this? What is it that is is uh, what is it that I'm struggling through here? Or what is it that's comforting me here? Why did those two things kind of come into mind? And it, and it was this, is that we often see Jesus through the lens of our own abandonment. Like that's why so often we keep, we have this very agnostic way in which we view him. This very, you know, agnosticism is, yeah, there's a God, he's out there somewhere, but he's not, 
in the weeds with me. He's not here right now. He's did his thing. He, he served his purpose, uh, but he's gone now. He's like, no, no, no. The writer of Hebrews is going, no, no, no. That is not who Jesus is. But so often as a result of our own abandonment, our own hurt, our own pain, that we we view Jesus that way. We In, in many ways, we keep him at a distance. You see, Jesus didn't just die on a cross, raise again, zoom off to heaven, and then he was done. Like, it's not like he just showed up on the scene, you know, like in Thriller, like popped up through the stage and like, and like, hey, I'm here. And then he takes off down uh, throughout the stage. No, it wasn't like that at all. Jesus didn't just show up one day, do his thing for three and a half years and leave. He is a savior. Now, listen to this. This was so mind blowing to me this week as I was thinking about this. Our savior has always existed. He's always existed. He's eternal. The Old Testament speaks of Jesus. In the Genesis account, it uses plural language when it's talking about God. Jesus, our Savior, has always existed. He is preeminent. He is above everything else. He knit us together in our mother's womb. He spoke into existence all of creation. He was there when Adam and Eve sinned, when he sinned and fractured it all. He is above it all. He is a savior who has always existed. And I don't know if that's a helpful thought for you. It was for me. Because I think so often I think about Jesus myopically as, as if just he's just a drop in the history like a three and a half year period of time, he showed up, did his thing. We celebrate him as humans and we go, hey, we look forward to seeing you one day. No, no, no. He's always existed. This is what the writer of Hebrews is going like, look, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is, he is consistent. And I think so often we are unconscious of the consistency that is all around us that is evident and that he exists, that he is here. Like in the, I watch the sun rise almost every morning and I'm always blown away by it. I really am. I, I don't think there's very many mornings where I'm like, that is so amazing. It was pitch dark. I'm sitting out here on my front porch. I've got a headlamp on. Okay. I look like a crazy person out there. I got a headlamp on because I'm reading. And and there's a certain point where I can click that headlamp off because the sun has risen. And then we'll go down to the beach on Saturdays and we'll watch the sun set. And it's just as beautiful. And we have this consistency that happens. You know, the seasons that just happen. And so often we become unconscious of the consistency of who Jesus is That he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is the one that helped create that consistency. He is consistency. Consistency exists because Jesus exists. And so I think we miss it too much. We're moving too fast. We're going. And like I was talking about in the beginning of the uh, podcast, uh, that just sitting and watching the hummingbirds, they pretty much do the similar thing throughout the day. 
I find it mind-blowing. And, you know, I'm turning into kind of a hummingbird nerd, but I, I found out that hummingbirds, they, they're regional. So they just, they come to the same spots. This is, that's like their domain. So my front yard, those are the same hummingbirds every single day. How cool is that? That is so consistent. And it's reflecting a consistent savior who didn't just show up on the scene and die and rise again and head back off to heaven. He's always existed and he always will exist. And we can find comfort in that, especially in light of abandonment, of inconsistency that we see all around us. Maybe we're tired of an inauthentic uh, way in which people are living out their relationship with Jesus. We, people say one thing and they do another thing. We say we're a loving, but we should be known by our love. And yet so often we're not loving how that feels inconsistent. But I, I think what Gandhi said was really important. And I won't quote this exactly because I don't have it in my notes, but Gandhi said something to the point of like, I really like your Jesus. But, I, but your Jesus and his followers, they don't really match up. They're inconsistent with their Savior. Like, but he really loves the Savior. And I think that's just it for you and I. Maybe for so many of us, we're, we're looking at Jesus through the lens of our own abandonment, through the, the lens of how other people have um, hurt us in the past. And we've just projected that on him. And the Hebrews, the passage, the Hebrew, the writers of Hebrew, the writer of Hebrews is just going like this. Hold on. Jesus Christ, he's not changed. We've changed and we will come and we will go. He has not. And we need to lean into that. And we need to receive his preeminence in every part of our lives. That he knows every single part of what you're going through. He knows the pain. He knows the hurt. He knows the abandonment. And he's leaning in. He's leaning in. And he always has. He is over all. He is in all. He's right there with you. You see, we need to accept Jesus not just as our Savior, but also the sustainer of everything. Yes, he is Savior and Lord. And we say, thank you, Lord Jesus, that you died for us and that you care for us. But also, thank you that you are making all things new. That you didn't abandon us to the past and you didn't abandon us to where we are now. No, no, no. That you will always be with us. What a beautiful thought that the writer of Hebrews is reminding us. So where do you and I need to accept the consistency of Christ in our lives? Where do you need to accept the consistency of Christ in your life? May Christ preeminence permeate every part of our lives today and forever. May Christ's preeminence permeate every part of our life today and forever. So with that, Take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is closer to you than your own heartbeat. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.